Okay, this is very funny to me. May the happiest days of your past be the saddest days of your future, but then it's attributed to Irish saying. No, that's pretty mm. accurate. I just like the attribution to the Irish is very good. That is 100% my people. I'm not even going to deny that. Sounds like a thing a drunk person would say. Exactly. You are listening to Boku No Stop, an anime podcast that knows if Harulu were Supreme Commander, we'd all be at brunch right now. I'm your host, Fletcher Arnett. And I'm Matt. And I'm Pierre Delecto. And you say that like the <laughs> sex pervert it implies. Hell yeah. So this week uh... we are going to try a slightly quicker style of notes because this is not anything nearly as dense a ride as Ava and I have been writing novels about this fucking series so far. So hopefully yeah, this yeah. flows well and if my co-hosts hate it, they can tell me and I will take that feedback into account and possibly tell them to go fuck themselves. You know how I write notes and I only have two and a half pages for four episodes. We're... Like, I made it a page and a half, but mostly because I did, wasn't trying to just explain the plot to myself later. <laughs> well, I have to do things because we haven't done this in a while. So, let's get into the recap snack time in Episode 9, Burning Hyperspace. <laughs> if you recall, the last thing that happened before we left off last time was a samurai duel between Bess and Gijay which went very poorly when Damido fucked the whole thing up and attacked the solo ship. Oh, do you mean Cosmo and uh, Gijay? Well, no, both of them did, remember? Oh, right, yeah, because like, I think the flashback starts with Cosmo, which is why I'm thinking about it. Yeah, uh, Bess shows up, and before yeah. the two men can actually have a one-on-one -on -one duel, uh, Damido goes, ah, this is bullshit. I can't believe they just uh -huh. ripped up Kingdom Hearts and everyone has a laser sword. There is a lot of laser sword in this book. There's a lot of Star Wars in this show. Yes. What's that? <laughs> it's a it's a good series, Chris. It's a it's good like series of movies. But yeah, it's like an anime, I'll but for it white out. people. No, I'm good. It okay. is it is definitely a white people. Oh, anime. so it's wrestling. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars kind of is wrestling, especially the push to have. Uh... Does the Darth Vader have an intro song? <laughs> yes. I mean, yes, he does. Oh no, I ruined yeah. my bit about not knowing so Star does... Wars. <laughs> Rip. To be fair, if you've been to a Disneyland, you could know who Darth Vader is without going to see Star Wars. Wait, is that at Disney now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because Disney owns it. Dude, okay. did you not know that for like five years now they've had like build your own lightsaber, stage shows, all sorts uh -huh. of shit? Nope. Yep. There's a, oh, like a full-size Millennium Falcon in uh, California. I went to Disney one time 15 years ago. Gotcha. Same. Right, I forget you don't live, like, 30 minutes from it. Neither of us do. Yeah, that's true. Can't, can't wait to yeah. go on vacation and indulge in the wildest excesses of capitalism. 
hey, California Adventure is drenched with wine. Just remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I one of my small regrets uh, about my Japan trip is we didn't go to Tokyo Disney. Even though, like, I'm not that into theme parks or Disney, but it seemed like it would be a trip. Can't, too bad I didn't go to export and white culture when I was somewhere else. Hey, hey, you know what I just realized? They have really good roller coasters, apparently. You could have gotten authentically folded Japanese lightsaber at Tokyo Disney. Hmm, interesting. How do my, how, but how do they fold the light so many times? I don't understand. That, my friend, is the way of the samurai. Anyway, Kasha is calling her co-pilot's desire to not murder Gijay the pride and heroism of men, and says that ideals should be ditched. To fight is to live or to die. And she's not wrong. <laughs> to a certain degree, she's not wrong, but she's always put in, like, the, as the mouthpiece of the worst position, in, according to the show. Ha ha ha. She's gotta skip ha, the ha, part ha. where they shoot a thousand rockets at dinosaurs. <laughs> um, that that part rules. <laughs> they reuse that fucking one dinosaur shot so many times. It's so funny every time. Did you find the Haro corpse during the dinosaur genocide? No. no. There's there's another Haro corpse in there. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, by the way, yeah. I I noticed this time how low energy the intro is. That when all of the Ida fighters are flying by, they did not even bother to remove the guy waving them out. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this... There were one or two pieces of these episodes where I was going, ooh, that's some quality animation. Uh, at one point, Bess's eye kind of melts on his face a little. What's like, I feel like sometimes they do that as an effect to be like, look at how they're reacting, but like, like Cheryl does that with like, one of her eyebrows will furrow a little bit, and it's supposed to make her look like she's really pissed off, but like, it just looks like really lazy animation. Yo, real it's talk, only like so Cheryl much of it, might yeah. be the worst written character I've ever encountered. The worst? Absolutely. Uh, you're... We'll go places. Yeah, it's bad. Like, don't get me wrong, it's bad, but... I Okay, like, real it's talk, like... I've been playing Tokyo Mirage Sessions for the last, like, two weeks. How dare you? That is abysmal. <laughs> It, it is, is abysmally written. It's, yeah, it's... It it's is pretty bad, I'll be honest. Christ forsaken, yeah. Uh, the play's pretty good though. But it's like Tomino's like, I gotta write a line for Cheryl. What would my bitch wife say right now? <laughs> there is there is very much a Kevin James's nagging hot lady vibe about her for a scientist. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty like hot blooded too, like in terms of just like, can we just kill everybody? Just can we can we kill them? <laughs> like Kasha too. Kasha gets in on it. Well, Kasha has reason, and Kasha is the one who says kill everybody. Cheryl yeah. just goes with fucking aliens, man. Fucking aliens. But doesn't yeah, yeah, ever yeah. advocate a single thing other than, I must learn the sixth civilization. We gotta build a Dyson Sphere to keep out all the illegal aliens. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Is a Dyson Sphere the wall? It's the, it's the giant, yeah, it's the giant, it's the giant. Sphere. No, no, I know that. I'm just saying, is that going to be the inevitable thing where he wins? And gets his fucking wall at the end of time. That would be amazing. Just like in the year 32,000, Donald Emperor Trump just builds a Dyson sphere to prevent alien immigration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. This future dystopia sucks. 
I don't know. It's kind. It's kind of rad. But also, it'll have ac- <laughs> it'll have actual Dyson vacuum branding on it. It'll be a Dyson TM sphere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, that that really sucks. Wow. Oh. They also make products that blow. Yeah, they do. Keep Amazing. This joke somehow sucks and blows at the same time. <laughs> and we were I, I almost mentioned Darth Helmet or Dark Helmet earlier <laughs> when we were talking about Star Wars. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> That's the thing his pledge is talking about. Uh, uh anyhow, Cosmo can do some pretty cool knife tricks, which is a thing that needs to be mentioned and will come up later. He likes to throw his knife a lot. Look, it's a I have a lot of respect for a man that destroys a drone that way. Yeah, I thought I was, was pretty impressive. sick with a knife at that age, and I could not narrowly miss the butterfly or take down a flying drone. Yeah. Yeah, so he's good at something. He's kind of okay as a pilot. Uh, he's kind of not okay as a person. I don't know, that's the problem. He at least listens to reason sometimes. Yeah, he's still a dick, though. We'll get into it. Yeah, he's definitely a dick, but out of... <laughs> Think of this our is cast like the show right of now. Cosmo's a dick. Remember when we started this show and Cosmo was the biggest dick and somehow all the women have replaced him? Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. Tomino. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, on the buff ship, Gije and Damido are at another's throats, but in a very samurai polite style of way. And their commander calls them into the ship for a meeting. Before Lady Harulu arrives, they're going to attempt to regain face by trying a hyperspace pincer attack on the solo ship. Abadede is willing to sacrifice his own ship and take all responsibility because they need a win. Well, also they commanded him to. Yeah, and, and Domino is like straight savage too. Like he, he walks in and the first thing he says is, uh, ah, humiliation is the best medicine, huh? Oh, you drinking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Domino is actually a, like... He goes through an arc in these uh, four episodes, which I actually I I like his character at the beginning of this. And then he he just gets more and more like boring. But at least at least he's like getting more desperate and uh, distraught. Yeah, but you've already seen what desperate gets you on this show. Killed. Yeah. Yes. Ah, uh, so yeah, the dinosaurs mentioned earlier are holding up a lot of repairs because they keep rolling around the solo ship when people are outside mm-hmm. trying to work on it. Yeah, it's a giant stegosaurus. Yep, and a lot of pterodactyls circling like vultures and other things. Brontosauri, etc. And yes, I know that I'm referencing not quite canon anymore dinosaurs. Fuck you, I'm old, and when we were a kid, that was how we called them, and I don't care. That's okay, I have a Jurassic Park joke written in my notes. Oh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You want to share with the class, Mr. Taylor? Oh, no, it's later. Oh, okay. It is near the end of the next episode. <laughs> Moera is taking over in Bess's place as piloting the Ideo Nova, but now everyone in the robot is blaming one another for a rocky launch. Yeah, Cosmo is immediately addicted to him, being like, hey, yeah, why isn't your shit working? And Moira's like, hey, it's not my fault. Like, I'm just a backup pilot. And Cosmo's like, that's not something to brag about. It's like, well, shut the fuck up. He's also like, I'm a kid. 
I like that they <laughs> like, swapped you can't out play me all of the things. characters who name whose names you know in the Ideon for other characters. That way, there can be people in different places yelling at each other. Also, this means mm-hmm. that people can die, and you will know who they are. Yeah, because I mean, what? Who is it now? There's like Techno, Mora, yes. Kasha, and Cosmo, and like deck starts hanging out on the Ideon too now. Well, there's like, that other guy too. I cannot remember his name. Yeah, there's Jolliver. Don't forget Jolliver. Jolliver is Jolliver. the engine room guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's the blonde one. That's definitely the most I'm gonna die soon name. Um Do you wanna <laughs> know something? Does, please don't no. tell me that Jolliver no. makes it. Jolliver lasts until the finale. Are you oh, for boy. real? I am not fucking with you. Jolliver will be here in Endgame. Great. Anyway, now that we've spoiled the end of the... Oh yeah, now that we spoiled the engineer lives. (laughs) Yeah, now that we spoiled the Avengers movie by telling you Jolliver's in it. Oh, oh, I thought you said said Jolliver dies in the finale. I thought that's what you were referring to. I mean, I'm not saying what his final fate is. I'm just saying he will be there and be invoked. He will be there. Okay. Yeah, Mora though he's he's gonna fucking die. I mean, come on. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah, uh, the buff are trying to get the solo ship into hyperspace for the trap and are avoiding direct strikes on it. So as a result, we get a lot of pretty gruesome scenes of missiles and ammo hitting nearby and just gibbing and flinging dinosaur corpses at the walls of the ship away from every explosion. I'm surprised, like, Piper Lou takes a long time to start crying. Like, you know it was going to happen eventually, but, like, they really drag it out this time. Because he, like, crawls up to the window and sees, like, three more explosions. And you're like, that's the one thing this kid does is, like, cry and, like, I guess piss on things. So, like, ugh. Yeah, there's also a a bit here where uh, Cosmo, like, I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But, like, when the Ideon is um, going around and you know, getting into the fight, the Ideon light isn't coming on, and yet the ship is still running otherwise, which is an important uh, plot point, I guess. Kind of. Because, like, kind of. there's also this running bit that will happen literally every episode where the Ideon has some random problem, so they don't have to animate it fully fighting as long. We're almost out of that period of the show. Thank God. Yeah, because the thing that surprises me is that they still have the materials to, like, continuously patch everything up, especially after, like, the next episode after this. Like, things get, shit gets fucked up real bad (laughs) next episode. Well, they are at the end of this block of episodes on an abandoned planet that has a whole civilization to loot. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, uh, just to add insult to injury, the wrap-up of all of this is we come back from the commercial to see a baby dinosaur pleading with the burning corpse of its parent to move. I, I definitely Which is so good. Like, I, I thought the, I saw, like, the parent, like, moving slightly, but is definitely dying. I think I have to cut in the sound effect just because of how they made the baby dinosaur sound. It's really sad, actually. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's very, Oof. how do people not ever get the subtext of these shows? Sorry, I laughed because it was dramatically over the top, not necessarily oh. because I find it funny. Oh yeah, no, I, I understand. It is so far into melodrama that's like, if anyone comes away from this show with wow, cool robot and not, peace you dummies. You know what Tomito should do? Uh-huh. He should make a, uh, like, 
at just a um, a Gundam shoot a gun and uh, wanted to style it slow mo zooms in on the bullet and on the bottom you can say it says war is bad around the bottom of the bullet. Uh the next big Gundam thing is going to be five movies of Tamino's last series, so we'll see. I mean, he already did that, and people still didn't get it. It's called War in the Pocket. I'm just saying that G-Reco goes places. If we ever hate ourselves, we can do G-Reco, because it's only 26 episodes. That's so long. This show is like 39 in a movie. Sure, but you barely have to watch it. Nothing happens. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, this is definitely a show you can get away with watching at one and a half times speed, which is what I tend to do. Here's the plot for the the episode in one sentence. They get away, but also they let a tracker on their ship. But they Space also get into a fight in on, And then we go to the next episode. That's it. <laughs> that's all. That, that's literally the only thing that happens. Uh, I did actually consider just like one sentencing this episode at one point, but there's just enough dialogue. Yeah, there's, there's inter-crew or casting crew stuff that happens here. But yeah. that's the majority of the actual action is pretty straightforward. Anyhow, on the bridge, Kerala is figuring out pretty quickly what the plan is, and Cheryl is shooting her down and shitting on her at every chance she gets. Mm-hmm. And we should point out, Kerala basically figures out from the time they get into space the entire plan that is about to hit them. Like, she goes, right. hey, I know these men. I know their tactics. Uh, uh, yep. One of them is skilled at hyperspace combat. These men only uh-huh. want one thing, and it's fucking disgusting. And then the, 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 the image in the meme is hyperspace battle. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so as the loudest and, in her own words, a petty woman, Cheryl overrides everyone, and they go into hyperspace despite all this. And like, okay, am I supposed to understand that Cheryl's, like, I wonder how much Tomino means for Cheryl's hatred of Kerala to be simply just xenophobia or whether or not it's also jealousy about Bess? Well, yeah, I, she, I don't know. I, I literally write later on and Cheryl is just mad that Bess doesn't want to fuck her because that's but how it, it comes off. I mean, the the weird thing is that there's no possible chemistry between Bess and uh, Cheryl up to this point anyway, so it, it's kind of a... I don't know where they're supposed to... They're trying to lean with this character other than just, hey, uh, these are aliens, and she's an alien, and we can't trust her. So she will eventually come around on buff people, and that's all I'm gonna say. I mean, yeah, because that's the arc of uh, either, either that or she... Uh, whatever, sticks in her uh, current position and then ends up dying because of it. Because those are the only two ways you could really do that arc. Uh, this is Tomino. There are many other ways. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess you could bounce back and forth. She could end up with oxygen deprivation and end up be only talking in, like, one word for three episodes. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That sounds bad. Yeah. Yeah, this series not very great to its female characters. We'll get to that later. I don't, I don't, man, I'm surprised by how long it went on. There are two of those in this stretch of episodes, too. Yeah. Oh, so good. I don't know that that's how I would have described it. 
No, like, it was baffling how long it happened, because you're like, oh, this is probably they both slap each other once, and then it was looped into a gif, and then like, nope. Yup. <laughs> no, it, it goes it, on for so long! It, go, it goes on for a while. Uh, anyway, while the solo ship uh, first enters hyperspace, Cosmo is out of the cockpit and is uh, trying to get everyone to fix the Adeon because they've been having problems with the, the engine in particular. Uh, and something is... Basically, the, the TLDR is something is uh, stopping the main engine from going above 60% power. Which is how they're going to explain the difficulty it has in Luna. Thanks, Charles. Yeah. So, <laughs> Gije is the first wave that is going to assault the solo ship, and he has a goal. Hit the bridge hard and fast, neutralizing the ship and letting them clean up. The only problem is the Ideon is in front of the bridge, so this doesn't work well. Yeah, so then they just yeah. try to fucking just crash directly into the bridge, and then the Ideon catches it and does, like, a goofy flip-up, and the day is saved. Oh, no, 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 that's not the thing. The thing that happens is they try to redirect it. The Ideon doesn't have full power, so it can't. So instead, he, they leap off the solo ship and ram into it from beneath to redirect it like a bullet. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's an interesting, yeah, like, it's a three-part plan, too. And the weird weird thing about it is, like, they're like, oh, Abadeide is this uh, specialist in uh, hyperspace. So instead of just, like, just sicking him on them, they're really betting that he's going to distract enough for Gijay to um, ram the ship in, in from the other side. Yeah, they tried a 9-11 the solo ship. Yep, but, yep, that's an accurate description of that, actually. That's 100% what happens. Uh, it uh, except bear. except GJ gets away. Like he he releases off in a, like a small shuttle so he Oh yeah. Yeah, he just jumps out of the window just like on 9/11. Got it. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. That was an incredibly dark joke. Yes. I remember that one. That's why I laughed. I I do not. I'm very you confused. Do not remember and video concerned. photos of video footage of people jumping out of the burning twin towers. Uh, yeah, no, I've not seen that, nor do I wish to. Oh, it is extremely upsetting, actually. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. And keep in mind, Chris said that. Uh, yeah, that's a high bar. Anyway. uh, the explosion is also cover for GJ thinking to put a tracking device on the solo ship, which will become a giant thing for the next arc. Yeah, yeah, this tracking thing, man. So annoying. So many people pick it up and say, what's this? And then put it back on the ship. Well, to be fair, (laughs) they throw throw it and then it attaches itself again because... No, Cosmo doesn't even throw it, he just puts it back. No, like, uh, Cosmo puts it on the truck, actually. Yeah, Cosmo puts it on the Ideon by accident. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's even even worse. And for some reason, it's a biological track. I don't know what that means. I don't know well, if it's it tracking mean, like, biological things or if no. it has like biology. It, it, it has means biolo- nothing. Biological it's... components in it, which would be like a yeah, justification for why it doesn't need continually powered. I guess it's it's a new uh, type tracking device. There, sure, sure. I know. I, I knew it was like techno babble, but it, like the fact that they pointed that out was kind of silly. It's powered to me. by Ahab particles, Matt. Yeah, you do. Uh, the deep space drive fails, they drop out of hyperspace, and uh, Shero continues to try to dunk on everyone, and Kazuo just says, if you're a fucking adult, you should figure out what to work on next. Yeah, yeah. which is also, like, Cheryl's wrong, because she's conti- like still blames Kerala for her, her prediction being extremely accurate, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, down to the fucking sentence. She knew what was going to happen. 
Yeah, and like Cheryl's like, well, it's her fault it happened because she told us it was going to happen and we ignored her. And then Cosmo says, okay, boomer, and goes to bed. <laughs> and that's just the end of the episode. And that's pretty much how that goes, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they give Cosmo last lines in situations like this where you're like, that's not, no. Don't let him, don't let him walk away after that bullshit. Uh, not to say that saying, okay, boomer is bullshit. It's just saying Cosmo saying it's bullshit. Matt with the pro boomer takes in here. I I I was walking back a potential pro boomer read. So no. Speaking of pro <laughs> explosions, let's talk about episode ten. Surprise attack, the Bajian plan. Yeah, is the one where they the, they accidentally shoot the boomer and all the Bajian come? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh so yeah, uh the solo ship it finds itself uh out you know in the outer space, like when they drop out of, uh, I, I'm trying to think of like, I don't want to say like they're just on the planet already. They see the planet ahead of time, but like they drop out of uh, a hyperspace. They see this planet. It's crystalline. You know, it doesn't seem like they can breathe the gas, but it looks like it's a good place to stop. No, they definitely can't uh, breathe it because it's like 90. No, because it's mostly nitrogen. nitrogen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it looks like it's stable enough that they can land on it. And they end up landing very badly. <laughs> like they, they. Crash land a little bit, and then Piper Lou cries, and then the uh, the E-Day gauge goes off, and then they land smoothly. Oh, which, again, I hate that that's a thing. I forgot about it until you just said it. Yeah, yeah, no, I noticed it on the, on the rewatch that that's what happens. Uh, and Corella recognizes uh, the Bajin, which are these uh, flying creatures that they look kind of like manta rays. They have long tails. Yeah, like uh, manta ray they, bird robots. I yeah. describe them later in here as what if a pigeon fucked the ships from Galaga? Hell yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's that's not too far off. Yeah. I guarantee Galaga was involved somewhat. Wait, no, this predates. Fuck, I'm off by a decade. Oops. Fuck. But yeah, I was going to say I guarantee that inspired this, but it's like, no, this this predates that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty insectoid. Yeah. Uh, uh, we get an but, ominous yeah. shot of the uh, tracker beacon and then cut away to the buff ship. Uh, they're mm -hmm. discussing where they are, that there's been a research team here before. Uh, and then Lady Harulu calls and she says, uh, you shouldn't hesitate to sacrifice Karala. And it is to be all out war with the humans. And oh, by the way, the Supreme Commander also agrees that, yeah, you can kill my kid. It's fine. Uh, yeah, this is a great introduction. Yeah. She then calls every single male commander on the ship a pussy. Yep, I will whip <laughs> yeah, you pretty into much. shape, and then she hangs up, and then there's just some cool misogyny. Yeah, I actually took down the precise quote Abadede has. She's grown up into a shriveled, hard shrew. Well, I guess that's why Supreme Commander Doba said he wished he had a son. Sweet Jesus, Tobino. <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, and, it, and it's worse when we hear more backstory about her and why she's like this, too. <laughs> from yeah, her, like, second-in-command. All women you reject are like this. Ugh. Gross. All women, in, all women in the military were just romantically rejected. Don't worry about it. So last Yikes. episode when I said, hey, Harulu is a giant turning point for the show. Some of it is that she is a much better commander, but some of it is like, oof. Yeah, I don't like I, I, I like that she shows up and she's like immediately uh, intimidating and definitely like has a different tone from the other buff clan people we've seen so far and they've they've hinted that she's like this before so like she's following they're following through on that but like the the commentary afterwards just continues 
continues to get worse. Uh. So there's there's a bit of downtime on the solo ship. The Ideon pilots are experimenting with something Cheryl researched, but it doesn't do what she says. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deck does some maintenance, and we see a titty as he repairs the showers. Honestly, Hell like, yeah. I, I, I'm going to say, like, sh- you know, this is going to sound a little like, shout out for, like, nudity that isn't intentionally titillating. Like, I feel like this is more inconsequential. You know, it just seems like she's bathing, right? Yeah, it's it's just her in the shower. Yeah. yeah, so like to me, it's so rare that she actually like compare this to like I don't know what I'm like what's what's her name from uh Oath MS team where it's just like big old titties, check them out. Where this is just kind of incidental. Now they they try to play it off for comedy because like she, she then calls like, "Hey Deck, uh, come over here and I'll wash your hair." And he's like, "Uh, no, no, thank you, I'm fine." And it's like, yeah, he's a little bit old to be. <laughs> In that kind of situation. Kid's only like six or seven. Is he? He looks, he seems more like 11, 12 to me. You haven't noticed that he's still in the daycare? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how old you have to be to not be in the daycare on this ship. Let me see. Actually, I'm curious. In real how life, supposed it's to be four. Yeah. Uh, while Matt looks that up. And the last bit of the downtime is Kerala has to hunt all over the ship to find Cheryl, but she's trying like hell to make a peace offering. Cheryl and some of the technical staff are pissed off that they can't translate six civilization text, and it's making maintenance and operating the ship a bear. Kerala goes, I got a translator that reads 150 languages from the buff space. Does this help? For what it's worth, Cheryl almost refuses it before, I think it's Jolliver says, uh, no, we will take that. We will absolutely take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I thought this was, like, a decent way to start a supposed redemption arc, and then it doesn't happen here. Karala is trying her hardest. We really cannot stress enough that she's like, I am in the same boat as you. Mm-hmm. I would like to help you. I am also a scientist. Come on. Yeah. It, it yeah. It gets really absurd in the next two episodes. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Abadede preps to head out and the dog Mac for a quick strike on the solo ship, and he listens to a message from his wife in the meantime. She hopes he'll come back and bring a pet for their daughter and maybe something for their upcoming son. The only thing he says to finding out that she's pregnant is Ah, I No knew wonder she was, she was getting plump. fat face yeah yeah uh i also noticed in this episode at least all of the really shitty misogyny is being given to abadede uh-huh mm-hmm. so yeah. like i'm i'm watching out for that because i didn't on my first run but it's like so far only a few characters are being really bad about that on the buff side Anyhow, uh, he heads down to the surface and monologues that he'll use the Bajin to his advantage this time, as opposed to the last time when they apparently murdered his entire crew of surveyors. Yeah, and how did he get away? <laughs> it's That's an interesting hmm. question. How, how did the rich elite get away while the lower suffer? Hmm. He's not a noble, though. I know. Just being, how dare you ruin this for me? <laughs> I'm just saying, you will get to play that card later. The solo ship is kind of fucked, though, because... Yeah, they're, they're like, on, kind of, like, a metal... Like, a, a planet made of metal crystals. With silicone life forms, and every mm-hmm. single scanner they have to detect things is going, Everything is on fire! Ah! So, yeah. 
Abadede has a simple plan. He's going to shoot the Bajin hive to piss them off, take out one so he can lure them with the corpse, because as a hive mind, they all follow and try to swarm whatever has wounded them, and then drop it on the solo ship. As a result, the Bajin begin wrecking everything, because he brings 300 of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's like, it's a pretty smart move considering he decided he was going to go in solo. Yeah, it's, no, he's going against the solo. Come on, man. I, mm, mm, mm. I'll, uh, I'll let you have this one. How dare you try to know but me? <laughs> I just love Coming that you've had you, him. Coming from you, that's ironic as hell. <laughs> oh, am I, am I podcasting with two Hank Hills? What the fuck does that mean? What? How dare you? Uh, Chris doesn't understand what yes and is. Oh, I thought you guys meant like no but as in you both got flat ass. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I can see how you got there. Now, there are no donut rings, at least in my house. Or Look, all I'm saying is... The, the pillow that Hank Hill sits on because before? he has no ass. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a Hank Hill joke. It's a Hank Hill joke. Uh... I also like that Chris did not uh, deny having Texas ass. Hell no. Chris is overweight. Ah! I just have a good butt. I'm told. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, I like, there's a, there's yeah, a telling well, I, pause. I was say, there's a really gonna... telling pause before I'm told. Yeah, I was just like, need citation. <laughs> right hey, honey, here. are you awake? <laughs> She's not. That's what okay. I was expecting. Very, very convenient that no one can verify this. I will go get someone to talk on Mike about my ass. Don't you fucking doubt me. I, Chris is the only one asking for this. Let me I'm just put this I'm out tra- there. I'm just trying to. I, I believe this. you. I, I have. <laughs> I have no investment in the uh, the quality or quantity of your ass, Fletch. The thing you hear is me opening a pen and writing a note to myself that next time. <laughs> I am going to have someone in here on the mic so they can tell you about my ass. <laughs> uh, you just make up the podcast episode art. <laughs> <laughs> the, the note. <laughs> no. There was, a, there was a meme I almost sent you this week, but I didn't know if it would work enough because it was a dude walking out of a Walmart with seven fucking guns on his holster and he goes, I carry these to find the thief who stole my ass. Yeah, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of those lately. <laughs> Made me laugh. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Anyway, Abadede landed a pot on the back of the ship and broadcasted a message in buff tongue. He's waiting at the back of the ship to save Kroma. <laughs> I'm sorry, he said buff tongue? I love that I can just use buff as an adjective randomly on these. It's great. I mean, it does kind of imply that you use your tongue a lot for something. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's right. The Buff Clan eat ass. Uh, it is the future, after all. It's where we're headed. Yep. Uh, Kerala hears this, and while she does not translate for the humans, she vows that Abadede can go fuck himself for this stunt after being willing to consider her expendable on multiple occasions. She meets him at the back of the ship, says that she is not an idiot when he claims, no, nobody's given us orders to take your life. And tells him to go home. She's forsaking her way of life. Okay. Like she she does give him credit, though, for like, hey, good on you for, like, going through with this plan and all, but, like, no. And then Cheryl shows up. 
Abadeda goes to shoot uh-huh. her. Carlala blocks for her, and then Cheryl is still a huge dick to her. And then they just start slapping each other. They slap to each emotional other a piano music, which a- I am going to cut in. Unbelievable! <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like, if they had cut before the slapping, this would have been a great scene. Right? It's just because, because homie, like, I it would, would be die for you. <laughs> yeah, or like Kerala goes like, like she has a good line in there. She's like after Cheryl's like, I still don't trust you or anything, and she's like, I wouldn't expect anything else from you. And like you cut there, and that would have been good. And then they decided instead to slap each other for like. like five I think seconds. I actually have to cut in the music from the episode with the slaps, just so you can oh. hear how long this goes on. It's oh, so it's like five seconds. In. Yeah, that's a long time. They slap each other at least six times on camera. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's wild. Welcome to Ideon. Yeah, uh, but uh, but now that the plot is over, the Ide gauge conveniently activates, and then both the ship and the Ide launch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abadede goes back to his ship. Goes well. Nobles are fucking weird. Time to go back to the ship. Keep my head down and not die, so I can see my pregnant wife and child. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint. And just start, then the idiot just starts fucking throwing Bajin at the dog Mac. And, well, uh, no, it only does that when Abadete decides, how are they flying? Well, maybe I'll buzz them and start shit. Uh-huh. He could completely leave undetected. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why he... Like, there, there's a lot of questionable things that happened in the end of this and like did, did we mention that the uh the um the Bajin like jackhammer like things with their tails yeah they have like yeah, drill um, tails. if yeah. you have seen here's a reference that i couldn't have made when we started this podcast if you have seen cell's tail that has the weird sort of buff syringe that is exactly that's what they have what i was about to say <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i i have been exposed to enough dragon ball now that i can make that reference you should, yeah, you should it, listen to uh, All Systems Goku and then not watch any Dragon Ball. M keeps telling me that, but I'm it's so, so funny. Maybe, do that. maybe it makes me want to delete our anime podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, by the way, the, the Jackhammer animation looks really goofy. Uh, uh, it looks really goofy until it looks really horrifying. Well, oh, it looks really horrifying at the end here when yeah. it actually. Oh, you mean when it goes damage. through the back of Abadene's head? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Fuck he gets yeah. jacked in the skull, and then he blows up. Also, yeah, it's like insult to injury there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm actually gonna splice in his death scream here because it's whoever did the sound on that. Woof. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, but, and they also, like, had, like, really sad music when it happens, too. Like, oh, we're supposed to be... Re- is, this is a dramatic moment. Uh, I do like the nice touch of uh, when th- they had been fighting under the surface. Uh, well, Abadeda had fallen through the surface, and then the explosion is just, like, a beam up through that hole. I like that. Nice touch. Did you also notice that that was, in part, an animation cheat that they undo the next episode? No. Yeah, because it's a beam in episode 11, and the recap in 12, it actually looks like a column of flames. Well, that's, I don't want to I did not notice that. That's terrible. I watched that, uh, and I didn't notice that. <laughs> I, am, I am way too much of a fan of older Japanese anime from television to not look for these little cheats and redos. <sighs> and the Ide and the solo ship fly away, looking like dino DNA. 
full of holes. Yeah, like how are they able to go into space and not like lose all the air inside? So they did actually say something about that. Uh, when they're launching, Bess gives the order that all civilians need to get to the center of the ship, and they're going to make as airtight a seal around the central gotcha, and bridge gotcha, areas gotcha. as possible. I must have missed that because yeah. I'm like I'm thinking like God, they're full- they they just got like punctured pretty hard, especially the Idion too. Yeah, I actually love that they do something with that because it's like, yeah, there is there is no integrity. We need to seal down the core to keep any breathable air. Well, mm-hmm. the, I like the uh, you ever seen the uh, original Gundam Matt? Uh, no, I have not. They have a cool thing for this. They like pull a handle on a wall, and it looks like um, pink bubble gum comes out, and then like gets sucked towards the hole and like explodes over it, creating a seal. Ah, that is cool. Neat. Actually, very cool. Yeah, yeah, no, that that sounds like like a solution for this problem, yes. If they understood the tech, they might be able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go to episode 11, In Pursuit. No, no, we have a little bit more There's that... A... What, what else is there? I didn't write it down. That's how you know it's not important. Uh, I've made notes for this, you motherfuck. Well, <laughs> you could use them. You're not reading the notes, Chris? I'm looking at mine. <laughs> I only have one screen. What do you want from me? I only have one screen. Yeah, I only have sure one screen, screen and I'm really monitoring our audio, our notes, and the fucking chat. Yeah. Anyway, uh, aboard the buff <laughs> ship. Oh, does that mean you saw my nice meme? I did. I oh, actually yeah. did chuckle at that when it came <laughs> in. So yeah, uh, on the buff ship, they see nothing on the sensors but the three craft, and then the dog back signal goes out, and all GJ can ask is, "What the hell happened down there?" Uh-huh. Uh, Kerala gives a single brief eulogy for her would-be savior, Abadede Guramade, a man who lived only for duty and service. I am not pleased. And the buff ships, rather than attack their wounded prey, just immediately leap to hyperspace. Mm-hmm. Also, we find out in passing, the buff translator does nothing with six civilization text. Yeah, so that was... Yeah, it didn't work out. It didn't work out, but it did almost get Cheryl killed. Uh-huh. Because I, we did not mention it on camera, but the only reason Cheryl knows to show up at the back of the ship is because she has the one translator that can speak buff. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've been anyway. to a gym. I feel like I could speak buff. You just said you were a curvy man. That's true. <laughs> they, can bo- they can both be true. That's true. I've definitely seen some barrel-chested hunks. Anyway, episode 11, In Pursuit, The Ruined Planet. Yeah, so we're on the the buff ship again with uh, Gijay and Damido, and they're actually on the same page this time. Like, they're uh, they're talking, waiting for Lady Harulu's ship to come, and Damido just straight up lays out, hey, I came on this mission to ride your coattails to a promotion, and, uh, you seem kind of screwed, and that's bad for me. <laughs> and Gijay says, uh, oh, you've got plenty of room uh, What with our dead commander and an entire lost warship all on my head. Like, you can probably leapfrog me. <laughs> yeah, but it's the most polite these two have been to each other in, like, six episodes. Are you I mean, Davido is still, like, being pretty, like, sassy in the whole, like, you know, I'm really only here just to, like, take advantage of your position, so, like, you're kind of screwing me over, bro. 
But Geechee is like, mm, yeah, I kind of knew that the whole time. And, you know, good news. Yeah. You're going to have some, you're going to have chances. He has room to run. <laughs> so the solo ship, meanwhile, lands on a planet that has clearly had a rough time of it. Ruined buildings dot what landscape isn't an overrun jungle or a brown sky. Shoutouts to these biome Star Wars style planets. Mm, I at least give them credit because these are definitely more interesting worlds than you would get in a lot of generic sci-fi of the era. Yeah, I hate biome planets a lot. We just had an entire platform that was mostly metal and crystal with silicone life forms who give off ion readings for uh -huh. propulsion. And then we were also on the dinosaur planet where everything is dinosaur jungles. Yeah, it was Look, very man, for time. Star Fox is part of the Ideon universe, and you just have to accept that. <laughs> oh, wait, there are furries? There will be. Oh. Did not expect that. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna see more aliens. Like, the Bajin are not the only weird species we're gonna run into. Uh, the, the, okay, alright, alright. I won't ask uh, any more questions. I don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be vague about it, but yeah, no, this <laughs> this is a weird universe. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, because so far our whole thing is like, oh, yeah, there are this is, I guess, the uh, Buff Clan are the sixth alien race, which I guess, spoiler, they're not really that alien. But like, no, they're they're not. They know they're, they're not. not. They're humans. Yeah. The but Buff like, Clan are like seventh civilization, I think, would be by that numbering convention. Yeah, seven. Yeah, the seventh. But like, we haven't seen anything of two through five. So uh, Cheryl is really no longer even pretending to be an archaeologist or scientist concerned with anything other than make my mecha grow. And she gripes that the scouting Ideon pilots did her dirty by getting pictures of buildings from above, and she needs language so she can translate those texts. And I mean, Cosmo you think they're supposed to get buildings with pictures of buildings with writing on them, like I might say, I don't know, key bank or whatever. Uh, Cosmo and Kasha's response is basically, you realize we are children flying jets over ruins, right? If you need specific things, you can leave the ship and do any goddamn thing yourself sometime. Like, the the thing is also, she could have gone on that mission with them, or she could have given them better directions, which is like, hey, I need you to find written language, anything that looks like that, take a picture, but she's just like, go out and take pictures. But Matt, if she did that, she wouldn't be able to complain about it later. Uh, yeah, we I mean, we do need to point out that it has been a while since Cheryl left the ship at all. That's true. She's probably getting like some kind of like cabin fever, <laughs> just going nuts because she hasn't been outside at all. Uh, and at this point, we are introduced to Lady Harulu, who rolls up and tells the boys... Well, specifically, she first tells Gijay, Don't worry, I know my sister was your fiancé, but we'll find you a new puppy. Go back to the planet we made contact on and dig something else up for me. And Gijay will leave the plot for the rest of these episodes. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, they go. He goes back to Planet Solo uh, with some other people, I think is the official word. Yeah, he, his ship is just sent out there to do more research for her. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, she briefs with Damido and says she wants to see the humans for herself. So they take her miniature craft down to the ruined world, despite a few of her men kind of telling her this is a bad idea. Yeah, is, is this where we meet the her uh, second in command? Um, 
No. We the guy with the meet... weird eyebrow. The guy, yeah, with one weird eyebrow who's also fucking huge. Guhaba. We will meet Guhaba. him shortly. Yeah. But yeah. he hasn't spoken yet. Guhaba. Yeah, Guhaba as opposed no. to Luhaba, the like one it. who is going around Mario's mansion. It took me way too long and I'm really depressed about it. That game rules because it starts with a toad trying to drive a fucking megabus. Oh, no, I was depressed about your joke, not Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion is, in fact, good. I mean, yeah, the whole premise is just, here's a room, let's go fuck it up. And it has toads. If you give me toads in a game, I really can't hate it. Mm, it's like a sex thing. Yeah, didn't you know about the president's penis? I knew that was coming. Oh I knew God. it. I, I knew that, that was going to happen. I love that. I love that so much. Almost almost as much as I love uh, Epstein's egg dick. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you ever think you were going uh, to know so Jesus. much about the cocks of the rich and famous? Matt. Not unwillingly. Matt, Matt, Matt. In the deposition, they open with, so it says here you have an egg-shaped dick. Do you have an egg-shaped dick? Uh-huh. He says, no. And they say, prove it. And then he leaves the deposition. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, that's fucking that's, incredible. I think that uh, who there was another situation like that in the 90s where somebody said someone, like I think... I forgot who it was, but he sued uh, an author for claiming he has a small dick. And when they said that, like, you got to prove that it's wrong, and he goes, "You no, are I'm not talking do that. about the libel suit involving Michael Crichton when he basically said that one of his critics yeah. who reviewed his last book poorly said he was a small dicked pedophile in his next novel." Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I love him, even though he's a terrible person. Creighton was a talented madman. Yeah, he was. He was bananas. Fucking batshit. Shoutouts to that guy, though. Andromeda Strain. Great book. Great book. Yeah, yeah. The first half of his career, completely solid. And his book about nanomachines. That one can go fuck itself. I love that book. Next? No. No, Prey, I think. Oh, Prey. You're right, right. Prey is garbage, my dude. I like it. That was the last one I picked up, and then the next... I think the next one is the one where he went off the rails with his... With the eco-terrorists? Yeah! Yeah, anti-climate change, so this critic has a tiny dick. So good. Love it. State of Fear. I remember that one. Fletcher, I own a copy of State of Fear still. You're talking to the guy who has read literally every (sighs) Dean Koontz book. I can't judge you on that, because I just had a fight with someone defending Stephen King this week, but still... I used to have literally an entire bookshelf full of Dean Koontz books. Uh, the King thing was someone bitching that, you know, Stephen King hasn't written anything good in a decade, and I just started pulling receipts. Uh, actually... Yeah, I haven't read Stephen King since the seven Dark Tower books, so it's been a while. Uh, Doctor Sleep and a lot of his recent stuff have been pretty good, and he's still a fucking killer at short stories. Yeah, I should read Dr. Sleep, because I liked The Shining a lot when I read it in, like, middle school. Yo, you should read Dreamcatcher. That book is great. Don't. Don't do that to him. Do it! I I, I I know it's bad. No, it's it's not true. I like it, though. Doesn't it have, like, ass demons or something? Shit weasels. Shit weasels. That's what Uh it was. Look. Yeah. 
That a sounds bad. Can, a book can be bad, but fun to read. Like Van Helsing is bad, but fun Dream to watch. Dreamcatcher. The movie is fun to read because everyone is hamming up one of the stupidest plots ever. They made a movie out of that? I gotta watch it. Dude, dude, the movie is so different. <laughs> no, seriously, the only thing I know about Dreamcatcher is that one bit of like, I, what, what was his name? Um... Oh, the, there's the guy. Yeah, the, the guy who guy dies in the like, toilet trying to get a it, trying to get a thing. My you're mother, not oh, Jonesy. Yeah, that's the does, only thing I remember. Does he still die on the toilet trying to get a toothpick on the ground? Yes. Hell yeah. No, here's the thing. They also the only other thing I need out of that movie is riding a cock horse to Canbury Cross. Uh doesn't come up. They wildly changed that thing for the movie. Oh, that's a bummer. It's, did you ever think you needed Morgan Freeman as an army general with a fucking custom revolver running around? I mean, that sounds neat. Yeah, he's basically a Metal Gear character in the middle of a Stephen King novel. It's fucking weird. God, if they ever make a Metal Gear movie. Oh, man. Stephen King's Metal Gear would be pretty good. Stephen King's Metal Gear would be fucking wild. I mean, look, there's already Vamp in it, so he's got something to work with. Matt, did I send you that tweet of the video of a guy blo- like smoking out a fake bridge baby saying the release date for uh, Death Stranding and then throwing it on the fucking ground? It's incredible. No, yeah. I have not seen this. You oh, did so send good. that to me. It's so good. But for the record, anyone listening, Death Stranding comes out in like six days. Does it? Yeah. Yes, uh, on it's Friday. Friday. Who cares? It doesn't come out for a year, Matt. What are you talking I about? PC. Oh. The only version that matters. <laughs> Cannot wait to get a little Garfield Bridge baby. Oh, I mean, yeah, the mods are going to be pretty good, aren't they? Hell yeah, they are. I I still love someone pointing out that that means that we are going to have a fully rendered HD Conan O'Brien for source filmmaker porn. That was a very good tweet. Yes, <laughs> that was a very good tweet. The enormous hand, the enormous Reedus, Norman Reedus, a hand job. Uh, porn is going to be so realistic. Guillermo del Toro JOI SFM. Yeah. Anyway. Guillermo del Toro sissifies you. Oh, you know, you should cut that one out. This is going, this whole digression Holy is going shit, we're takes. still recording a podcast! Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're in episode <laughs> three of four, Chris. Uh, this is where my notes start getting a lot quicker because I was getting used to this new format. Yeah. Anyway, we actually, yeah, uh, I actually like this. I'm going to try doing this going forward on this show. Mm -hmm. I Uh, I love the headers like Cheryl still sucks. Yeah, I I broke the (laughs) the headers are just there to tell me where new scenes are if I need to go edit something. Also, uh, who is this character Fard? Like there's a kid named Fard who's sad. Fard is one of the orphans from the planet who lost their parents. Yeah, I, I figured as much. It's just like they make a point to introduce him and then. He's been there in multiple shots, just not named. I guess he wasn't named. Yeah, but if he's not named, then like you're not going to pay attention to him. He's been in pretty much all of the daycare shots. Anyway, yeah, uh, you should probably get used to children in this show. That's all I'm saying. Right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, children are the future. I think that's like the whole thing in this show, right? Yup. So we like Tomino doesn't trust adults. It's true. 
We cover the legend of the fruit of Ide again, Cheryl shits on it, and Kerala is just going, look, I am trying to help you meet me halfway despite this. Uh, a drone comes by and starts scanning the ship, which is getting a lot of repairs done at the moment, actually, because nothing on this dead planet can distract them like the dinosaurs. And Cosmo takes the drone down with a knife because Cosmo is just fucking impressive with a knife. You know, that yeah, that's pretty shot good. Where the drone is coming in it makes it look like it's the size of a plane, and it's very funny when Cosmo throws a knife at it, and then it's like six inches big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they see the drone and figure out what it is, Cosmo and Cheryl immediately blame Karala for saying they're telling her. You know, she's telling them where we are, and Bess is like, she keeps helping us. I really don't think she's ratting us out. D- is it this word? Uh... He finds the tracker, too? Is that the um, scene? I believe this is the second time someone finds the tracker, because the first someone found it, threw it, and it magnetically attached itself elsewhere on the hole. Yeah, it was just some, so it, it was just some rando extra. I was like, what is this? Uh, who cares? Yeah. Like, nobody just goes, this looks suspicious. We should, you know, show this to somebody. I think this is the one where, yeah, Cosmo runs it over, thinks it's a piece of debris, and then it just sticks to the side of his truck, so he's just like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, and that's what I thought, like, they were gonna call it out at this point, because, like, the drone comes, and it's like, hey, there's this weird device, and this drone came directly for it. Maybe we should, like, put the two and two together, but no, it just gets ignored. Uh, There's a good shot of the final thing the drone sees, which is Cosmo's knife coming at it, and then static. I, I did appreciate that. And, well, I, but what's funny is that uh, Harulu then just goes, ah, oh, I see they are an aggressive people. <laughs> it's like, Yo. hey, you're spying on them. Maybe you should just take that as an assumption that they're going to be aggressive to things that are, you know, made from them. So she decides that Domino will lead the attack and her general, Guhaba, will be sent out in the Zig Mac heavy weapons platform. It has a dick gun. Very good. It does. This, it is basically a flatter brown Big Zam for Gundam fans. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Uh, the Big Zam is the massive weapons platform that yeah. comes into play at the end of the original series. The so, big green thing with legs. Oh, yeah. Fletch, are you, are you saying that the Zigmac has Big Zam energy? It does. Good. <laughs> Big Zig energy. Uh. Anyway, uh, the Ideon is sent to try and take out Harulu's command ship because they're like, there's only a few ships. The solo ship can handle them with their own guns for a while. Mm-hmm. This actually turns out to be a pretty good plan because the buff forces fall back to Harulu's defense and Kerala recognizes both the new craft in play that she starts warning people about and her sister's command ship. She convinces a couple more people on the solo ship she's a friendly with, hey, do you notice my sister is trying to murder me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Jolliver's like, that's your sister? Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> I, I do love that. My buff clans have sisters? <laughs> and they want to murder each other? You have a weird culture. Yes. Uh, mm. The solo ship gets the hell out of Dodge, and the Ideon engages the Zigmac. Guhaba takes them on while Damido tries to get his own glory by hooking the Ideon in his own craft for an assist kill. This slows the Ideon down for a minute, but Cosmo has done this before and breaks free, flinging some of the craft at the Zigmac. He fights the Heavy Walker to a standstill and punches it in the head. And the way they 
The way they frame this punch is hilarious because it's like full on anime big punch. Oh yeah. It's a and, big old like, punch. It's a <laughs> Yeah, it's and on top of that, everyone just goes, Oh my god, it punched the thing. Yeah. It's very silly. Harulu declares this is probably a good time to retreat, but the Zigmac does actually crush the Ideon's arm with a pincer while it's escaping. So mm-hmm. that uh, both of the giant mechs are currently a little out of commission. I do like that they have a fucking anime attack name for it that's just claw attack. Very dumb. Yeah. Oh. Those are just your get... hands. That just means grab it. You will get more dumb anime names. Mm-hmm. Oh, you Anyhow, mean all missiles attack? Oh no, there's more coming. Hell yeah. Wait till they start figuring out how the robot works. Uh, the buff don't escape unscathed either, by the way. Domido is wounded in this skirmish. So yeah, Kurama... it, it was definitely like lead into that Domido was going to die on this on this uh, attack. And so he, he seems like when, when they see him later and he's injured, he seems like his attitude is like completely different from before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on the solo ship, Kerala brings the whole thing to the head. Do Does everyone trust her or no? The military staff stand with her because her advice has been invaluable. Cosmo and the pilots are coming around on her. And the entire room save Cheryl now is basically tolerating her. But that's... Cheryl won't even go that far. But JK, we're going to flush all, literally all of this next episode. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And Harulu decides that as a space wine mom, she can just leave this in Guhaba's hands for a few days. Takes a sip and the episode ends. Yeah, she basically admits that she kind of fucked this one up. Yup. And it was all because she sent the, uh, what what is that ship called? The, God, what do they call the the fighter jet? Uh, Uh, It's not in the notes. Yeah, it is on my. Zero Zik? Zik? Zero Wick? Yeah, so, zero zik, slow zik. It's yeah. it's definitely translated a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, it whatever it is, like she her sending it away basically fucked up the whole plan. Yep. Yeah, because she was defenseless, and then the idiot just happened to surprise, you know, surprise them. Yeah, I don't know who gave that order the to send the idiot after them, but. I think the uh, Idion was coming back and then saw that ship and said, hey, uh, let's go attack them. Maybe that'll create a distraction or something like that. I, I don't think it was like intentionally go find that ship. I think it was just happenstance. Yeah, whoever did, though, very good move. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it was smart. So let's round out with episode 12, Break Through the Enemy Front. And I can't believe I have to say this, but uh, I should note up front, this episode is going to get fucking weird, and uh-huh. I may actually lay down a content warning at one point in editing. Yeah, there's some unsavory stuff here. Yup. Yeah. But um, to begin with, let's further I prove her... I think it's narratively good, though. I'd agree with yes, that. Like, it but... could have achieved the same thing in a different way, but... Oh, probably. The probably. The but camera it's anime. could you gotta have turn been it up to a, yeah, yeah, it's anime. You gotta turn it up to 100%, which is why they went with the bad thing instead of the good thing. So, we're gonna see pretty immediately that uh, Harula and Guhaba are not the same kind of backwater-ass commanders as Abadede. 
Because she sends in a spy slash saboteur to the solo ship, a dude named Sanra. The entire purpose of this is just to slow down the humans while the buff repair the Zigmac. Mm-hmm. So it's not, we need intel, they think they have intel. It's not, destroy the whole thing or capture Kerala. It's just like, yo, go over there, make a ruckus, and uh, if you come back alive, you will be promoted for this, because this is the edge we need. Yeah. So, like, on the bridge of the ship, uh, it seems like everybody just fell asleep in their spots on the bridge. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Kerala comes up uh, with a um, with uh, coffee, and uh, her and Bess uh, start, you know, it's basically showing, like, she's starting to uh, ingratiate herself into the to the culture of the uh, Terrans, the humans. I don't know what we are calling our main cast here. Um, and this leads to her telling Bess that she'd like to uh, contact her sister uh, to see if she can sort of call off this hunt, you know, basically tell her like, Hey, back off, just leave us alone. Yeah. Cosmo is there. And like, he, he like wakes up and he's like uh, uh, leaning on. Oh, no, his he's elbow, been awake. Right. Uh, he's been awake. Yeah. Like he's, he's been paying attention to this. Um, and when Bess goes to leave, he goes into the elevator. Cosmo, like, slyly follows him and then straight up just says, hey, uh, this may be her trying to escape. And uh, you're way too uh, charmed by her to see what she's doing. And then Bess gets super mad and punches Cosmo in the face, which uh, Cosmo deserves that. <laughs> he's not wrong, but he's he deserved he deserved getting punched in the face a few times, uh, which he is repeatedly. Yeah. Cause yeah, it, yeah, he like best does not hold back at all. Yeah, best tells Cosmo that he does not make decisions from an emotional, irrational place, unlike you children, which means uh, which he is clearly, ironic. Yeah, which means he clearly thought through the idea of fist fighting a fucking child in an elevator until it comes to another floor. Uh-huh. It does sound like a good idea, to be honest. <laughs> I've had those days. I get it. <laughs> well, and also Cosmo does fight back and get a couple punches on Bess, and then as soon as the uh, yeah Bess hits him back a few times, and then the elevator opens, and then they just stop and they're like, "Huh, all right, we're done here." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, back on the buff ship, Guhaba comes up to visit the hospitalized Damido, who wishes he died rather than been wounded. His samurai pride is involved. And Guhaba cracks up and it's like, eh, we don't really do the samurai thing on this ship, man. Because Commander Harulu wallows in her emotions, so she doesn't care about anyone else's. Uh-huh. And it gets worse. Uh, because cause Guhaba explains that the the reason why Harulu is so wrapped up in her own feelings is that She's angry that she got dumped once or got rejected by a man, and now she takes out her endless rage on all other men. Relatable. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aww. Terrible. And back on the solo ship, we see that Sandra's sabotage is just going around spreading rumors the engine is going to explode, which get blamed on Kerala. This would be an excellent plan, except for the part where he outs himself, starts shooting people, steals a hover car, flees, and gets blown up by the guns. And yep. it proves Kerala is innocent, also tipping Bess off that, ah, they're trying to stall us because their mech is fucked up. Except mm-hmm. literally no one else buys it that this proves she's innocent. <laughs> and, like, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, the writing is real weird on this. And as you said, yeah, we we just had a conversation about this last episode, and now we're undoing it. Yep, yep, yep. And even even the scene with Cosmo, gotta rewind that, too. I mean, like, I I would say, like, I'm okay with the idea that the the crew is starting to trust her, or at least saying her information has been good, but... As soon as like some rumors like break out, like that are probably spread by the by the spy, like they are, we doubt on yeah, putting doubt on that, like that they go well, I, we can't fully trust her. Like there might just be enough information here to to go against that. Like I, I think that's I don't See, I don't hate that. I don't think this that's would a work full, for me like, if it was rewind. a random and there were a million civilians on the ship, but there are not that many. Yeah, there's no, a and, very dwindling yeah. population. Yeah, and I and I guess like. You know, there are scenes here with Kerala like hanging out with the children. Like she's ingratiated herself quite a bit, so oh, it's a little. You mean the children they credulity. take her away from at gunpoint? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. That part was weird. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, Kerala basically puts herself out and says, "Look, if you don't want me here and you think I'm untrustworthy, I want to contact my sister and try to call her off for your sake." Bess says he's going to go with her so they have any reason not to leave her behind. And the crew are just like, look, if we get the engines fixed up and you aren't back, we're going to leave you on this fucking rock. They really should have brought some reinforcements than just the two of them. That seems really terrible to just have two of them. (laughs) Well, it's the same thing that happened with DJ versus Cosmo. It's like, oh, this is this is a one-on-one thing. There's chatting. Oops, someone hit the trigger button. Yeah, I think they should have best should have at least taken like two people with him. You know? But yeah, uh everything immediately goes to shit when Kerala arrives, Harulu walks up, knocks her right on her ass just for showing her face, and then her younger sibling pisses her off even more by saying Hey, all the corpses in chaos, that's the Buff Clan's fault. And in, in a way, she's not wrong. They shot first. No, yeah, she's 100% not wrong, but... <laughs> yeah, that's that's not going to go over well. Speaking of not going over well, just like the last time we tried to sue for peace, uh, Cosmo goes, Yeah, I'm taking the Idion and going to the Peace Summit. Don't wait up. What was that, Chris? It'd be like, it'd be, well, I said I'm more tactful than that. But Cosmo just basically <laughs> says, what if we had the Blue Angels fly over our negotiations with the Taliban? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a weird choice. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just going to burn through this next part really quickly. But again, content warning for weird sexual violence. Uh, Harulu, about 20 times as furious as before, gets openly sadistic. She tells Guhaba to humiliate Kerala. His move is to rip her top off, knock her around a little, and Harulu tells her men, laugh, laugh at her. And well, a few walk away, but... several times. Yeah, she has to do it repeatedly. Some of them in the back do slip off. They're like, uh, this is not cool. Yeah. And the whole scene is wildly uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. It's because it goes not on. good. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's, you know what it's uh, like? And this is this is going to be mildly questionable to say, but it is definitely Harulu is like the black cop showing out for the white cop. Right. I, 
I don't. I can I don't see where you're going. That's the dynamic she's going for. I can with see her where father. you're going. With that. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was, like, we we've been like hinting up to the point where Harulu shows up that she is, you know, she's cold, she's calculating, and once she like shows up, and you know, she's as brutal as people expected, but she's also hot headed and like makes decisions based on like how she how she feels in a way that is bad like i i think this scene really just shows how much these things are personal to her like it, unfortunately it underlines the terrible characterization which is that she's mad because she's a scorned woman but in the sense of like she's someone who does things that are probably damaging to her reputation with her own people but does it for her own personal needs like i think that it's effective in that way but this is also really terrible <laughs> yeah no definitely yeah, this scene is a low point of the whole series. Yeah. And this is where Bess hits his breaking point, and he just berserker rages at the sight, screaming out from behind his cover and murdering a dozen dudes single-handedly in a charge to get to Kerala. Yeah. I, I'm, again, shocked he di didn't die. I knew he wasn't going to die for plot reasons, but like in this scenario, he should have been dead as fuck. Uh, Guhaba challenges him to a duel. Harulu sets terms. If he loses, he's obviously dead. But if he beats her general, then she'll give him Kerala and he can leave. The phrase she it, uses is, you will be filled with more holes than a honeycomb. If if you refuse to do this, yeah. you will be filled with more holes than a honeycomb. Which, yeah. into it. Weird yeah, insult, excellent. but I'm into it. The buff dialogue gets some really weird poetry at times that I love. Mm -hmm. uh, Bess points out that uh, perhaps they can fuck off because he's not part of their samurai shit and he just starts the fight. And just like last time, before we get a clear winner, someone shows up with a mecha and begins firing so everything goes to hell. Two fucked up robots fight round two. You're pretty good for an alien yep <laughs> the, the battle i think we can safely say the battle is nothing until enough time has lapsed that we can end the episode they're not yeah, pretty much their best and brightest duelists no i mean it, it feels like this is a rehash of the last episode's battle where 100 the, the idiot gets fucking sucks yeah, it gets shocked, and it's, oh no, what are we going to do? And then Cosmo uh, figures out that he can zap the it. Robot. Well, this time, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's exactly the same, except this time he leans into it to make them stop, and then kicks the robot instead of punching it. It sucks. Yeah, yeah and it makes it a big deal that, like, oh my god, he kicked this time. <gasps> but the, he the leaned foot... it. Oh, he leaned in. He's like a the blade wife. on the foot that has mostly been ornamental until now actually slices off the fucking pincer on the Zigmac. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and like, well, this time also like, Hewitt doesn't make a lot of sense. Like the Idion is getting shocked, right? And then mm -hmm. the Zigmac like crushes, goes to like pincer its head and doesn't get zapped. And then the Idion leans in and zaps it, right? Like, am I getting that right? Yes, it's. The electricity thing is really weird. It's strange. Yeah. So yeah, the assault is so brutal, Guhaba is abandoned to land wherever he can, and they say they'll get him later. All mm -hmm. the flight-capable ships flee. 
on the ground in front of the Idion, Kerala realizes that she can just never return to her people after this. There is zero chance as opposed to a slim one. Bess, who does not care who sees, what it means for him, and just confesses his love and says she'll always have a place with him if she'll want it. In the shadow of the Ideon, the two of them embrace and the episode closes. It's really I do good, like that actually. last shot. Really yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is good. legit good. There's a, uh, we'll both be aliens to each other, but can you love an alien like me? And then they hug. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. Then the, the final shot, yeah. I felt a feeling, and then I thought they hated Tamino, for he spoke the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, um, for, for those who don't know, this is also the week we record this, where he's talked about how Makoto Shinkai's work is incredibly sexless, and I agree with him. That dude is talented, but his humans feel kind of flat because they don't have emotions that are above a certain level of maturity that you would expect from those characters. Whereas Tamino is like, people want to fuck sometimes. Show some fuck urge. <laughs> uh, as opposed to just actually showing them fuck, which uh, is probably not the best route to go. <laughs> My guy, wait till you uh, see I... Knights of Sidonia. I feel like I should point out people are going to be fucking on this show. On this show, yeah. On this show. I yeah, I could I could see how that happens. Yeah. Just warning you ahead of time. I mean, we're we're headed full towards alien intercourse right now. There will definitely be some sort of alien that gets it on with people. Oh, that sounds that sounds ominous, yeah. ominous in a bad way. <laughs> uh 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 oh. Don't worry, it it'll, be, it'll be it'll be tender. It'll be tender. I don't know if Tender cools. <laughs> I like God it. Damn it. I think we have a name for this episode now. Fuck. <laughs> 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 you can put emoji in podcast titles, by the way. I highly recommend you do it. I'm gonna have to do that. Uh you press, I believe it's Windows and Period to open the emoji keyboard. Let's see if this works. Yep, that did it. Uh, for the record, you can put comments in Visual Studio Code, so I definitely started putting a bunch of obnoxious emojis in all of my comments. I might have to start doing this work now that I know this exists. Uh-huh. So my coworkers will hate me for that. Thank uh, you, Chris. I tried it. You cannot name in, in a .NET. You cannot name a variable in emoji. I tried. Damn. It took like 30 seconds to blow up, though. I really thought it was going to work. Hmm. Anyhow, this has been a podcast on the Pitch Drop Network, and I hope you enjoy us enough that you might want to kick us a few dollars with the aid of our Patreon at GoatseeFund.me. If you do not, you could still tell a friend about this show or talk about some of the other things on the network, like... I don't know. <laughs> Lightning Strikes Thrice. I guess Magmar oh. Sucks exists. We tried out a new host. We had a very good Pokemon. A Pokemon so good that podcast became uncancelled. <laughs> no, you cancelled it. Uh, I see. It, was, it was on the verge of getting cancelled because it, my guy... It has been so dire for, like, the last 50 Pokemon. Just, like, 
super boring. Oh my god, so boring. Nothing to say. Well, I mean, I, once you get to like what, like eight hundred Pokemon, like how well, many we're in new the middle of Gen can 3. you do? There's always like usually a lull after you get out of the three evolution chains where it's a bunch of one offs that are all really shitty, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. this one just stretched for like fifty Pokemon. It was really bad. Uh I mean you you always yeah. have like that Magmar, Electabuzz, Rapidash zone. Not good. Where it's like there's there's some good shit in there. Yeah. Not really. I mean I look I mean Electabuzz is kinda hilarious. It looks really goofy. Actually Electabuzz has very good lore. But what I'm saying is you have that zone of like one offs that are usually terrible. This is way worse than yeah. usual. It almost killed anyway, the podcast. We also talk about JoJo sometimes. Uh, we talk about JoJo's Patreon and feed, and they never release it. <laughs> that seems to be the the trend, yes. But it exists, and someday will be released. You should talk to John about that. If you pay, hey, if you pay us, complain to John in our slide. Do it. It's true. We do respond to uh, fiscal terrorism. Tell him I told you. I'll reveal his last name to you if he doesn't release it. It's very funny. I have seen it as the person who has slight Patreon access now. Did you laugh? Yes. <laughs> I will not ruin it on the podcast, but I, I did laugh. I made the joke you thought of, and apparently he's heard it a thousand times before. Yeah, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So right. with that... We gotta go, we... I'm hungry. Yeah, we are done yeah. here. We will see you again in two weeks where we resume... Our quest across the galaxy and meet strange new races, and fuck, we've turned into Star Trek. Yes, apparently we have. (laughs) Peace. Good night.